Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on August 1st, 2022 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. In this episode, we learn about Democratic gubernatorial candidate Joe Cunningham's running mate. We look at some exclusive reporting by The Wall Street Journal about relatives of U.S. Representative Jim Clyburn and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, who got secret stakes in a company set to profit from a new tribal casino as it sought federal approval. We have an update on a lawsuit against the state's six-week abortion ban and the latest statehouse action involving abortion laws. In business, we talk recession, gas prices, and inflation. Everyone's favorite. And a little Boeing in there, too. In medical, we're talking monkeypox, how to stay safe, and how at-risk folks can get the vaccine. We also have the latest from DHEC on the latest COVID wave in the state. And of course, we want to hear your stories. It's August, folks. That means you got to call. Time to call. Leave us a voicemail at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and a one to three minute long voicemail about what's going on in your world. We love hearing from you guys. We're talking recession. We're talking gas prices dropping. COVID, school starting back up, a lot of things. It's August, state parks. Let us know, 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is high, according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For the week ending July 23rd, there were 16,570 cases, a 13% increase week over week. There were also nine deaths. For the week ending July 23rd, There were, on average, 538 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19, 77 in intensive care, and 23 on ventilators. Hospitalizations were up 13%. Currently, 52.6% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. Democratic gubernatorial nominee Joe Cunningham's campaign announced Monday that Tally Parham Casey is his running mate. Casey is the CEO of the Weish Law Firm, and she was the first female fighter pilot in the South Carolina Air National Guard, and she did three combat tours in Iraq. Tally went to Princeton University for undergrad and got her law degree from the University of Virginia. She's a Greenville native, a mother of two, and she earned three black belts before the age of 16. Hi-ya! And she's been practicing law for more than 20 years. Cunningham held an announcement ceremony in Greenville Monday evening. The McMaster Evett campaign said in a statement on Cunningham's pick for lieutenant governor, quote, While we appreciate Miss Casey's service to our nation and welcome her to the race, Joe Cunningham's choice of running mate will have far less of an impact on the campaign than his record as left-wing Joe Biden Democrat, who has spent more time chasing TikTok followers than working to improve the lives of South Carolinians, quote. Cunningham also challenged Governor Henry McMaster to several debates. Now, I don't know how many debates will be agreed upon. I'm not privy to that. But I can tell you that SCETV will be hosting one of them later this year. So rest assured, they might be a little involved in it. Moving on, the Wall Street Journal exclusively reported on Sunday that relatives of House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn and former governor and U.S. U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley have financially benefited from a company set to profit from a new tribal casino as it sought federal approval, according to interviews and documents obtained by the newspaper. 
John B. Clyburn, a brother of Representative Jim Clyburn, the powerful South Carolina Democratic congressman who introduced a bill in Congress last year that smoothed the way for the new Catawba Two Kings Casino. Other stakes went to Michael Haley, husband of former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. And she, of course, is a Republican who, like I said, served in the Trump administration as ambassador to the United Nations. And another South Carolinian involved is Butch Bowers, a lawyer who has represented both Haley and former President Donald Trump. The stakes, held indirectly through another entity, gave each of the recipients a slice of a slot machine leasing company called Kings Mountain Equipment Supply LLC, whose major shareholders include financial backers of the casino or their associates, according to the documents. The company gets $0.20 cents for every $1 in profits the casino generates from hundreds of slot machines. The Trump administration's Interior Department initially gave a thumbs-down to the Catawba Casino project, then ended up approving it in 2020. When the bill sponsored by Representative Clyburn became law, it affirmed the Interior Department's decision and ended a legal threat by another tribe that previously had the only casinos in North Carolina. Now, if his brother is profiting from a bill he helped get enacted, Representative Clyburn said, quote, I don't care. He gets to make a living. I don't get his permission, and I don't give him mine, quote. Mr. Haley, through a company he owns, consulted on physical and cybersecurity for the Catawba Reservation and Casino Project in 2018, and the company was paid with a stake in the casino, this according to a representative of his company. Now, Nikki Haley was U.N. ambassador at the time of this deal. Next up, a state court judge ruled that the state's newly implemented six-week abortion ban law will stay in effect for now, dealing a blow to abortion rights advocates following the overturning of nearly 50 years of abortion precedent in America. A lawsuit and request for injunction by Planned Parenthood, South Atlantic, and others went before Circuit Court Judge Casey Manning last week, where they ruled that the law, which had been temporarily blocked by a federal appeals court, could remain in effect. The law went into effect days after the U.S. Supreme Court decision on Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, and the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals dismissed the pending case. Now proponents are suing in circuit court on privacy protection grounds, among other violations they say the restrictive abortion ban imposes. And like we've previously reported, just a little update here, Adair Ford Burroughs was officially sworn in as South Carolina's newest U.S. attorney last week. Her predecessor was an interim, and that was attorney Corey Ellis from the Department of Justice, and former state representative Peter McCoy, who was previously appointed by President Donald Trump. The U.S. attorney oversees federal cases involving South Carolina. And on the way out, some upcoming statehouse action. The Senate Medical Affairs Committee scheduled its first hearing on abortion law in South Carolina following the Dobbs decision. The meeting was posted at 8.22 a.m. on Monday on the sestatehouse.gov website, and the 100 slots for public input were quickly filled. The Senate's biggest anti-abortion advocate, Anderson Republican Senator Richard Cash, is part of the 17-member committee that will meet August 17th. The committee will hear three hours of testimony by invited guests, break for lunch, and then receive public testimony. You might remember that when the House Ad Hoc Committee took testimony last month, it lasted seven hours. Our nation's economic output declined for a second straight quarter, with GDP contracting 0.9% from April through June. Now, this is less than the 1.6% drop we saw in the first three months of the year, 
And despite these drops, economists expect the economy to grow at a 0.4% annualized rate. Not that big of a growth rate, but still growth overall. Now, whether we're in a recession is determined by an independent group of economists called the National Bureau of Economic Research. I mentioned this a few episodes ago, and they take a slate of factors into account when determining whether we're in a recession other than the traditional back-to-back quarters of negative growth, which we've seen. Now, Americans are still shopping despite higher prices. Falling gas prices are putting more money in people's pockets. Wages are growing, and jobs remain plentiful. However, inflation, currently running at 9.1%, is eating into those wage gains and personal finances. This has prompted the Federal Reserve last week to raise interest rates again by 0.75%, which has now been cooling the red-hot housing market, prompting fears of a continued economic slowdown. So you can't really have one without the other these days. It's a lot of moving parts, and of course, the Fed is looking to have a soft landing, not a hard landing when it comes to affecting the the economy in this situation, not a bad recession, but trying to just smooth it out as best as possible. That remains to be seen how that will happen. But let's take a look at inflation with a report from South Carolina Public Radio's Finn Carlin. A gallon of gas. A bag of groceries. and the transition to cleaner energy. You probably didn't expect that last addition, but these are all things impacted by inflation. We've heard about it endlessly over the past few months as prices are up more than 9%, according to the National Bureau of Labor Statistics. But more than money, it's pointing to a different problem, shifting away from fossil fuels. It is true that high gas prices make the transition to electric vehicles and, and other alternatives more attractive because all of a sudden, the relative costs are smaller. Joseph von Nessen is a research economist at the University of South Carolina who says that inflation could bring some benefits to the environment. He says that the longer people feel pain at the pump, the more likely they'll look for other ways of getting around, like electric cars. Not something he expected would happen in 2022. Previously, it, it, it has not been especially competitive, particularly uh, for for the average American, because electric cars have largely been a more premium product. What's typically been premium, or pricey, now becoming a possibility, as people change their driving habits while prices stay high over time. But will driving less now help the environment later on? I would say, sure, reduction of driving is a good thing. That's USC climate and geography professor Greg Carboni. He says higher prices can help reduce reliance on fossil fuels. But Carboni and other local experts, like USC economics professor William Hawk, say there's just one issue. In the short run, frankly, there's not a lot people are going to do to change their behavior. If we are just looking at inflation in the short run, that's very different from a protracted level of high inflation that could last several years where you see more of a shift in in consumer behavior. And there's very little dip as a result of these single-year events. High prices for a short amount of time won't do much to change fossil fuel use. Only long-term inflation would make a difference. But inflation can just as much harm a shift to cleaner energy as it could help it. Does it mean fewer people put solar panels on their houses? Does it mean that the solar farm or the wind turbine farm or a series of other things get slowed down or don't happen at all? Yes, that's exactly what it means. The International Energy Agency recently reported that high inflation over time can increase the cost of clean energy transitions and, like Carboni just asked, slow down the pace of solar and wind energy production. And there are short-term consequences, too. Not everyone can afford the switch to clean energy, especially those that travel for a living, like truckers. A lot of them aren't going to make it. That's Rick Todd. 
He's the president of the State Trucking Association. He's learned a thing or two about the challenges of driving during rising inflation. Like the fact that you end up seeing a lot of truckers drop out of the industry since some now lose more money than they make. But we're finding them um, dropping like flies and they're either leaving the industry or going back to being employee drivers. So environmental impacts aside, drivers are still feeling the short-term struggle of fuel costs. And even though higher gas prices could help long-term reductions of carbon emissions, it's certainly not the most popular option. Instead, local experts say clean energy efforts mean more than consumer costs. We still have a ways to go with the technology. Having the technology that you can switch to, I think, is really an important part of the puzzle. More efficient automobiles. Automobiles that run on electricity that is produced by non-fossil fuel sources. Major technology shifts. These are the things that all have to happen in order to change the course of CO2 concentrations in the atmosphere. But changing technology to cure a changing climate. Thanks, Finn, for that report. Moving on, the Wall Street Journal reports that the Federal Aviation Administration has signed off on a Boeing plan aimed at addressing problems with the 787 Dreamliner, which is a major step before the company restarts deliveries of the aircraft. This according to people familiar with the matter. The first 787 delivery is expected to occur within days, one of the people familiar with the matter said. So that's good news. Now, resuming deliveries would relieve financial pressure on the plane maker, which needs to hand over Dreamliners to generate much-needed cash. The FAA has approved Boeing's plan for dealing with problems and carrying out fixes for the North Charleston-produced planes, but would still need to clear each 787 delivery. The company still has to submit paperwork for the first planned delivery to the regulator, said this person. Boeing hasn't been able to deliver Dreamliners for much of the past two years because of a series of production defects that drew increased scrutiny by its own engineers and regulators at the FAA. And on the way out, of course, gas prices. You're not going to be able to escape a podcast without me talking about gas prices. And on the good side, they've continued to fall, putting plenty more money back into everyone's pockets after a very expensive start to summer. The average price for a gallon of gas in South Carolina is $3.73. We're almost a full dollar below our June 12th high of $4.60 a gallon. Remember those days? Whoa. (laughs) Now these gas prices are another reason I'm glad to be home following a week of driving around Maryland and Virginia where gas prices were a bit higher. AAA reports that per the Energy Information Administration, gas demand increased from 8.52 million barrels per day to 9.25 million last week. The estimated rate is 80,000 barrels a day lower than last year, but it could slow pump price decreases if the trend holds. Additionally, total domestic gasoline stocks decreased by 3.3 million barrels to 225 million barrels, signaling that higher demand reduced inventory last week. AAA also finds that drivers are making significant changes to cope with high pump prices. Almost two-thirds, or 64% of American adults, changed their driving habits or lifestyle since March, with 23% making major changes. Now, drivers' top three changes to offset high gas prices are driving less, combining errands, and reducing shopping or dining out. Are you one of these people? You can tell us how you've changed your habits at 803-563-7169.
As of July 29th, there have been 16 monkeypox cases confirmed in South Carolina. While we're not seeing high numbers like those in states with bigger cities, monkeypox is a growing problem and has been declared a public health emergency of international concern by the World Health Organization. Most recently, the state of New York declared a state disaster emergency, and the city of New York declared a state of emergency, becoming the second city to do so following San Francisco. I want to take a moment to reiterate the basics about this disease and how high-risk folks in South Carolina can get the vaccine, which is in limited supply. The disease has been spreading primarily among men who have sex with other men, as it can be spread to anyone through close, personal, often skin-to-skin contact, including direct contact with the monkeypox rash, scabs, or body fluids from a person with monkeypox. It can also be spread by touching objects, fabrics, and surfaces that have been used by someone with monkeypox or contact with respiratory secretions. Now, symptoms include headache, muscle aches, and backache, swollen lymph nodes, chills, exhaustion, respiratory symptoms like a sore throat, nasal congestion, or cough, a rash that may be located on or near the genitals or anus, but could also be in other areas like hands, feet, the chest, face, or mouth. The rash will go through several stages, including scabs before healing. The rash can also look like pimples or blisters and may be painful or itchy. Now, you may experience all or only a few symptoms, and sometimes people get a rash first, followed by other symptoms. Others only experience a rash, and most people with monkeypox will get a rash. Some people have developed a rash before or without other symptoms, so it's really tricky here. Monkeypox symptoms usually start within three weeks of exposure to the virus. If someone has flu-like symptoms, they will usually develop a rash one to four days later. Monkeypox can be spread from the time symptoms start until the rash is healed. All scabs have fallen off and a fresh layer of skin has formed. So the illness typically lasts two to four weeks. Now, there are no treatments specifically for monkeypox virus infections. However, monkeypox and smallpox viruses are genetically similar, which means that antiviral drugs and vaccines developed to protect against smallpox may be used to prevent and treat monkeypox virus infections. Right now, the CDC recommends vaccination for people who have been in close contact with people who have monkeypox. Like we said before, currently this outbreak is largely affecting gay, bisexual, or other men who have sex with men. People who may be eligible for vaccination include people who have been identified by public health officials as a contact of someone with monkeypox. Also, people who may have been exposed to monkeypox, such as people who are aware that one of their sexual partners in the past two weeks has been diagnosed with it. People who had multiple sexual partners in the past two weeks in an area with known monkeypox cases as well. Now, if this high-risk group includes you, call the DHEC care line at 1-855-472-3432. You can call that number from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday to schedule your vaccination at a county health clinic. Supplies are limited and vaccine appointments need to be scheduled in advance. And again, you can do that by calling 1-855-472-3432. Now, from one virus to another... DHEC held a media call last week to discuss the newly approved Novavax COVID-19 vaccine that has been given emergency use authorization status. Public Health Director Dr. Brandon Traxler also gave an update on the latest wave of COVID-19 cases as a result of the BA4 and BA5 variants. And here's what she had to say about the severity of this wave. We are seeing some uptick in hospitalizations, but not as near as significant as we are in cases, you know, and 
correspondingly, we are not seeing as significant of an increase in um, ICU admissions or people on ventilators. So that tells me that even though maybe there are some more people getting hospitalized these days for COVID-19, they are not maybe as sick as we saw with previous rounds of this uh, of this disease. And uh, also, uh, along with that, thankfully, we are not seeing uh, the corresponding increase um, significantly in deaths. And so that's very good. Uh, certainly, it also goes along with this um, pattern that this virus is is I think starting to trend to show so far where it is mutating to become more contagious but less severe. Yale Medicine notes that the Novavax vaccine is unique among the coronavirus vaccines in this country and that it uses a traditional virus blocking technology. The vaccine was found to be 90% effective against mild, moderate, and severe disease in the company's phase three trial, which involved 30,000 participants aged 18 and older, according to an FDA summary. Now, it's also important to note, however, that the study was conducted prior to the circulation of Delta and Omicron variants. So its efficacy against Omicron and its subvariants is unknown at this time. Here's Dr. Traxler. For your first question, I believe that our allocation from the federal government is um, right at or just over 50,000 doses. Um, I do not know. I, I certainly expect that we, you know, over a short period of time, will uh, will draw down all of that allocation I can't tell you it's going to be all done that very first day. Um, we will certainly be making this available at, at certain health departments, but we also will offer it to um, our network of external providers to see if they want to have some of it allocated to them to to offer to their patients. Uh, in, in response to your second question, I do think that there are some people who have a lot more confidence and comfort in using uh, the Novavax vaccine. So they may not have been waiting for it uh, per se, but it may be one where when they hear that it's out there and available and they hear that it is the same vaccine, what we say platform, the same way of introducing um, you know, the vaccine to your body, then as what many of our vaccines are historically, such as um, the flu vaccine and others, I think then they may uh, consider using it and decide to, to give it a shot. No pun intended. <laughs> But unlike the other vaccines, Novavax directly injects a version of the spike protein along with another ingredient that also stimulates the immune system into the body, leading to the production of antibodies and T-cells. Long story short, it injects a version of the spike protein that has been formulated in a lab as a nanoparticulate that does not have genetic material inside and cannot cause disease. That being said, Dr. Traxler said now is a great time for children to get vaccinated ahead of the new school year. We know the toll that COVID-19 has taken in the classroom over the last two years. From virtual learning to constantly being in and out of the classroom due to cases and close contacts, our students and teachers have been significantly impacted by COVID-19. With vaccines readily available now for everyone six months old and up, uh, there's no better time than now for all children to get their COVID-19 vaccination so that they can focus 100% on school and not have to worry about missing days or missing events or classes or having their schedules altered due to COVID-19. Also remember, a booster is recommended for everyone age five years and older after completing their primary series of COVID-19 vaccine. A second booster is recommended for adults aged 50 years and older and some people ages 12 years and older who are moderately or severely immunocompromised. 
Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're talking about life during the pandemic, and of course, we want to hear your stories. That's why we set up a voicemail box at 803-563-7169. We want you guys to call us and tell us what you're up to, how you're handling things, what you're doing now that we're getting to the dog days of summer. Anything you want to talk about, we're here for you. 803-563-7169. AT, I'm told we have some calls. This we, is exciting we news. Got, we got some calls. Yeah, we do. Okay? That doesn't mean people can't call. No. It honestly means you should probably call. Yeah. If we're being if we're being fully transparent here. Please, please. Please call. We're just for, for calls. Yes. Gavin and I only get paid by the call. <laughs> We've been hesitant to put that pressure on everyone, but yes, that is true. We only get paid by the call. Like and 50 so cents. it's not it's not great. <laughs> honestly, it's not great. It's, it's not like, a, it's my passive income. We we really signed a real bad contract few yeah, years we, ago. Yeah, I didn't read that part of like the sixteen page contract. Yeah, I mean Gavin and I really if you put any piece of paper in front of us, we're gonna sign it. And if you're a contract lawyer could you give us a call? Yeah, please call. <laughs> so we're trying to break our contract. I mean, they got us over a barrel on this. It contract. is horrible. <laughs> so we really need you guys to call, okay? But at least in the contract, I'm allowed to record laying down. Yes, which was the the biggest part of that contract. <laughs> yeah. The laying down. They they spent a lot of money on <laughs> the, the rigging. Pulley the pulley system <laughs> is very expensive. It had to be flown in from Greece, so uh, <laughs> still doesn't really work. That's that why well. Gavin was in Greece. That that I, whole trip. yeah, it was a work trip, which yeah. got. Completely paid for. Completely <laughs> Two paid weeks for. of working with this rigging <laughs> to fit my body. It was a lot. But anyway, Gavin, we do have a call. We yes. have a call. And it's it's an old friend, a great friend. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you ready? Yes, please. Okay, here we go. Hey, guys. It's Grand Strand Man, a.k.a. Teacher Roman, calling to do my diligence is a hopper filler. Um, just on my way back from my casual summer job teaching uh, reading and writing to uh, nerds. And, um, gosh, on my way to work, I was so fired up hearing Rep. Norman um, in his dripping patriarchy tone talking about abortion the way he did. Gosh, it just, you know, it makes it hard to respect his argument when he's uh, being so slimy, you know. I really didn't, I really didn't like the tone and the, his approach the way he was taking on that. And, you know, I don't know, I probably said enough about it already. I think guys just need to, like, stay out of this, you know. It's a women's thing. You know, guys are the ones that make them pregnant. Like, that's where their voice stops in this. I really think that. Um, Moving on to lighter things. I am really happy to see um, that you guys do that clip, that you share that type of stuff. I mean, this has come up again. Um, This has come up with uh, some other callers, too. It's just really good to get get that kind of deep dive into what's happening in South Carolina politics, and I really appreciate that. AT, um, your disconnection um, from from the Internet um, is probably a really good thing. And I want to um, tell you about an experience I had um, when my family and I was vacationing in Bali. Maybe Jakarta Tom would uh, like, to, like to call in and say if he's ever been a part of a, the Day of Silence in Bali. I think it's a Hindu thing. And there's a day when all the electricity goes off, the stores are closed, um, you have candles, it's meant to be like a day of reflection. And uh, I don't know. That seems like uh, AT was accidentally uh, kind of celebrating the day of silence when uh, his SIM card got messed up. So maybe not all such a bad thing. Finally, um, maybe not finally, but penultimately, I have an, eight, uh, an AC story. Um, I don't know if I've told you this before, but um, back in 08, after I finished my master's degree, there weren't any teaching jobs in South Carolina because Governor Sanford was laying off teachers. 
So I, uh, you know, went to Georgetown, uh, Ori Georgetown Tech, and uh, in two semesters did a HVAC degree, and uh, immediately had like a bunch of job offers. And it's kind of saved my butt more than once. Uh, for instance, uh, in the past four days, I've done four service calls for friends just who needed capacitor change, et cetera. So I am very familiar with the AC woes. Um, if I could give anybody advice in South Carolina where AC is definitely um, a necessity, if you think it's broken, turn it off. Finally, um, what do you call 30 penguins at the North Pole? Lost. Oh, Grand Strand Man, Roman. With, like you said, AT, three minutes right there. He has to have a timer. <laughs> but it sounded like he was driving. I know. I love Incredible. This. So well, natural, natural. I can't. Um, I cannot believe it. I thought he got cut off when it said it was three minutes exactly, because that's the cutoff time, which we do not set. No, not our rules. Not, not our rules. And in our um, contract. When I saw that he snuck that joke in there, that line in there, I was like, Gee, absolute bellissimo. Just cherry on top. Didn't even yeah. need, didn't even need to. He's like, I got, I got five more seconds. Here. Yeah. Can, oh my quick, gosh. Quick he probably joke. just feels it. He just feels it in his mm-hmm. bones. Also, Roman making a good point about where Jakarta Tom is. We haven't heard from you in a while, Jakarta Tom. Please call 803-563-7169 just to, just to say hey. I, I, I lay awake at night thinking about you, Jakarta Tom, always. I just, I, I, I think, where is he? How's he doing? Is he okay? Mm-hmm. Is he thinking of me? Mm-hmm. Hmm? It's one of those things that, again, we don't talk about, but we've all been thinking about. Oh, yes, constantly. Um, and I just want to let everyone know that uh, I'm, I'm back from vacation again. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm good for the month. The pod will go on as usual. Till your next month's vacation. Now, there might be a time in September. (laughs) This is how you get paid, right? Because we don't get paid a lot from the calls. But the vacation. We get the vacation time. It's Um, unparalleled. But yeah, it was really good to be home. Hung out with my mom. Very chill. Just hanging out with Terry. Mm -hmm. You know, just on the back deck. uh, Hanging. We went to, like, you know, our favorite brewery. Mm. I got to see my brother Colin for lunch on the Chesapeake Bay. Then I got to go hang out with my brother Nick downtown after a day in D.C. Got to see some art. It was just good. I love a good art museum. Oh, I mean, and National National Gallery of Art is just, there's so much there. Mm -hmm. You know, you got your Rothko's, your modern stuff, your, you know, uh, and then you have your Impressionist. You know, you got all this Monet. Then you have... Picasso's. I mean, every walk, there's just incredible stuff. And then you go to the portrait gallery, and there's just, you know, you get to see the old presidents. You get to see some modern stuff. It's just, it was just nice and a great way to spend the whole day. Uh, and it was, it was important to stay in those galleries, too, because it was so damn hot in D.C. <laughs> Everyone's like, you know, it's funny coming from up there because you come down to Columbia. Oh, well, what are you doing? Pretty hot down here. It's like, baby. It's hot. I'm going. I'm coming from one swamp to another swamp. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. I had to meet my brother out for um, happy hour and dinner with some of his coworkers. I'm like, just so you know, I'm not working today, so I'm going to be in shorts and a polo shirt. So uh, <laughs> let these bureaucrats see what a tan looks like, baby. <laughs> but it was, it was it was wonderful. Then we went golfing the day the next day, and uh, I was I was pretty good considering the the crew that he golfs with. They're a lot more. Are they serious? Serious in a fun way. Like everyone's like you know they're keeping it tight, but yeah. I mean it's is very jovial. Like I know one of his good friends that was golfing with us, and then his brother in law too. So it was fun, and we had an overcast day, which was perfect. Yeah, no sun, especially after a day out in DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciate that. So yeah, it was it was a wonderful trip home, and I came back on Saturday. Traffic was not too bad. 
I took 81 instead of 95 because I'm really just trying to avoid 95 these days. 81, you know how long it's going to take. In the mountains, it's beautiful. I do not care about the scenic Stop views. It. it doesn't matter. I want the I want the drive over. That's all oh, I care yeah, about. Yeah. I don't care what it looks like. Well, your car drives itself nowadays. It so does. It, it's very great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, home, please. <laughs> uh, Siri, home. Siri. Yeah, it's Beep, great. Beep, boop, bop, bop. Uh, AT? Yes. I, you, so, you went on a little travel as I, well. I did. I saw last night, Sunday night, I saw Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric, where he did a stand-up set where he intentionally bombs. Very me. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And But afterwards, me and Cam, Cam, he calls in all the time. He lived in my basement. He's Jakarta a basement Cam. boy. Jakarta Cam. Um, we found a uh, like one of the best of bars in Durham. Mm-hmm. Durham is where it Durham. is. Durham. Ham. It's in the Durham. name. Durham. Um, and uh, so we go to this dive bar. Ham. And Cam and I are pretty pretty sure that it's certified that we are living in a simulation. Oh. Yes. The dive bar confirmed this. This was an exact dive bar. So, like, <laughs> imagine, like, you think, like, okay, we're going to a dive bar. Picture it in your head. Okay. That's what it was. If you're driving, do not picture this in your head. It was, uh, do, do, don't, don't even try don't if you're driving. Stop. Very scary. Everything is precisely as we expected it to be. Mm, you to know? Be precise. It I'll give you precise. It smelled bad. Oh. Okay. Love that. Um they had a group yell at certain times where they slammed the tables and were like tip your bartender and we were like is that a certain time that we do this but everyone did it in unison and you're like that's a dive bar thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh the TV was stuck on one channel but it was displaying the information from a second channel. Hmm. Which is very, that's very right. Um, there was a man sitting at the end of the bar in a Durham Bulls shirt, mm-hmm. Bull Durham shirt, and uh, he looked so sad, so alone. He was obviously going over every mistake he's ever gone over in his life. Incredible. And you're like, God, this guy's going through it. He belongs there. But uh, we do believe that it is proof that we're in a very low RAM simulation. Mm. And. Um, <laughs> Like, this is the generic load of a dive bar. It sounds like you, you know, I, I, I can agree with you there. But also, could it have been a performance art piece that you were a part of? Oh, that you didn't I love that. A fully immersive art piece? Mm-hmm. I These love that. These people are always there doing different characters and different dive bar stereotypes. I like that your mind goes to, to art. Well, I, mean, I was, you like were, I said, I was You're recently immersed very cultured. Very yes, cultured. you've been immersed. And to me, my mind immediately went to... That our, our body bags are plugged into a local CPU. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's the only reason we know each other. It, it could be a little bit of both, right? It could be a little, a little I mean, bit the best things in life always are. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, folks, if you think we're in body bags close to each other, that's the only reason you're hearing our voice, give us a call. Tell us if chicken belongs for breakfast. <laughs> Outside are, of the egg. Do we just live in a very... Low performance computer simulation. Who knows? Or anyway, they allowed us to produce this podcast. <laughs> it's it's impossible to think that that's true with this podcast existing, <laughs> honestly, because of just how high quality it is. So, anyway, Gavin, say goodbye to everybody. Oh, how wonderful! Some food for thought there. <laughs> thank you, and thank you all for listening. You can always show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on iTunes or a voicemail, like Roman did. By calling 803-563-7169. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers in this low-res simulation. <laughs> For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. 
do want chicken for breakfast. My machete, my spear gun. 